0: Hello everyone and happy 2023. Happy new year to all of our listeners. If you don't know where you are, you are listening to Nintendo Everything Refresh, the official podcast of NintendoEverything.com and we are ringing in uh, 2023 with a ton of news, uh, lots of exciting stuff. We're going to talk some Fire Emblem in this episode because that game is right around the corner. Uh, Lots of indies in this episode so thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it's not just me here today. We have also got Dennis Gagliardotto. Hello, hello. And we've got Nicholas Shaday Hello, everyone. I uh, hope everyone enjoyed their uh, their holiday break. I uh, Got some good good gaming time in. Hopefully, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I, I took some time off work, and uh, I'm a little ashamed to admit that most of it was spent uh, in front of the couch <laughs> playing games. Not all of it, but you know, <laughs> probably probably more than. <laughs> That a productive adult hey, should no, be. But,
1: no, yeah. no harm, no foul. Who's, no shame. counting, man. right? No shame. As <laughs> so long as you're enjoying your time, man, it's your life. Do what makes you happy, you know?
0: Exactly. It's the holidays. It's the time to relax, do some hobbies. Get some um, more sleep in. Did, oh, yeah. Yes, Definitely get some more sleep yeah. in. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, do you guys ha- did you guys make any New Year's resolutions <laughs> this year? It seems like that's what everyone's talking about right now.
1: Yeah, that, that tends to <laughs> be the... The thing every year, huh? I mean, I I know, like, I mean, I, I, I did it for a while, you know, just because it was trendy, but that was, like, way back in, like, you know, high school and stuff. You know, now, after a point, I just... I I finally got to a point in my life where I understood myself enough where I was like, you know, you're not going to follow through. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, oh. so, so New Year's resolution. I, I thought
0: you were going to say something along the lines of I thought you were going to say, like, you know, I get to the point where, like, I know myself, like, I'm good. I don't need to resolve anything. Oh, no. <laughs> you're just like, no, I just just give up.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, you know, we should always strive to, you know, you know be, be better, whether it's in, you know, a hobby or a craft or whatever. Um, you know, but it's but As for a New Year's resolution, do I have goals? Absolutely, but I always have, you know, goals. It, yes. it doesn't necessarily pertain to the New <laughs> sure. Year, though. You know, so I don't want to, sure. you know, that's make true. something up just because it's like, oh, you know, it's a, you know, New Year, New Me. It's, it, it. No, no I'm, I'm still the same. <laughs> I've been the same for the last <laughs> ten years, you know. Now, so
0: <laughs> well, that's good, Dennis. We love you the way you are. So oh, don't, you, don't ever change. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, you know, I'm kind of the same way. I always think about making New Year's resolutions, but when it really comes down to it, I'm mostly like, no, these are just, like, a bunch of general things I should be doing anyways. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> gonna try and be be better at lots of things in general, you know? Yeah. Like, why, why pick just one thing? But it's a good good reminder. Nicholas, you got any New, new Year's resolutions? No, but I
2: gotta say I'm probably the same as you guys. That <laughs> is in particular, yeah. like I don't yeah. know that I would follow them because it's just not the guy kind of person I am. Yeah, I'll <laughs> do what needs to be done, but I, you know, <laughs> that's true. I love how it sounded like oh, you're well, doing you what? Do I what do have, <laughs>
0: yeah, <you know, laughs> I do have one New Year's resolution, and that is to play Metroid Prime th- uh, Four this <sighs> well, year. Unfortunately, uh, so that's, that's out of your Nintendo hands. Nintendo <laughs> needs to get on that because. <laughs> Well, it's got to happen. I mean, now that I've willed it, it has to happen. Yeah, so, a, yeah, I thought it was kinda. to start
2: <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles 1.
0: <laughs> well, cough, cough. okay, there's that too. There's that too. It is on my list. I have it penciled in after, I think, February, March, once I've got to, <laughs> to play some of the other high-priority things on my list. But I will get to it. I'm going to give it a, a honest try. You'll get to it after Prime year. 4
2: comes out, of yeah. course. <laughs>
0: I'm going to try to get to it before them, but then, you know, if Prime 4 does come out this year, I mean, everything is going on pause. So here, here's, well, here's Prime the thing. 4 will sell drop in February, no
1: obviously. So this this just hit me. All right. Now, I, unfortunately, you would have to wait an extra year for this, Nick. But what if oh. Metro Prime 4 ends up coming out in 2024, right? And they end up showing the release date by removing the 4 from the logo and then being like, 2020. I think it'd be a cool little neat marketing thing. But... You know, again, you would have to wait an extra (laughs) year for that,
0: unfortunately. Yeah, you know, for the sake of that alone, Dennis, I think it might be okay. (laughs) Okay. For that particular marketing stuff. I think we should all wait (laughs) until 2084. Yep. Well, uh, folks, we have a lot of news to catch up on, so I won't delay us any longer. Um, So I don't know if you guys remember, but in the last episode, before we had our holiday break, I I mentioned, I don't think, you know, there's going to be anything crazy happening, but you know, because I said that, something inevitably was going to happen, and it did. Uh, (laughs) Basically, the day that we published our episode, it feels like, or that week, um, Nintendo, they had what was basically an Indie World presentation, but they spread it across five days, and they gave it the uh, very smooth name called Inside the House of Indies. And it was like, every day, it was like, this little animation, like, different door on the house opens up kind of like like an advent calendar, but they were showing off indie games every day. Just real late. I don't know why, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah, really late uh, in the year. And so when they first announced this, I was like, I didn't really know what to expect. I was like, there could be some good games that they show off, but also maybe just trying to fill fill a time slot or something for their marketing. Um, But we got some pretty big news, surprisingly. If you're a fan of indie games... Uh, I think the biggest announcement was sports story not only got a release date, but it just, <laughs> they just shadow dropped it Yeah, <laughs> like two days before Christmas. That was wild. Yeah. That was wild, especially like, that was pretty wild. Yeah, Well, I
1: mean, golf story, I'm sure a lot of people felt similarly, but golf story, I mean, was one of the, f- I can't remember. It, it, did it come out launch year? I know. I don't want to say it was one of the first games on switch, but it was definitely within that launch year. I want to say, um, Golf Story so it, it'd been a while Yeah, it, um, but that game was like yeah for sure fantastic man like that's still to this day I think one of my favorite Switch games of the entire library so you know when Sports Story got announced God knows years ago <laughs> you know because it has been a <laughs> while um, you know it looked great and uh, I was excited for it because I was like oh cool it's more golf story except now we're encompassing everything <laughs> you know which is really cool right uh, the humor was great all the sports yeah, absolutely the humor was great the quest lines were great uh that game was just just really really good and took me back to the days of like sports rpgs on like the game boy color and game boy advance and i loved those you know um so totally uh so but i, I funny enough i still have not picked up sports story uh myself just yet mainly because i have heard that there are unfortunately a lot of bugs at the moment so i i I would like those to get patched out so i have the best experience possible because i know i'm going to really enjoy that game but i just don't want that game to be hindered for me you know due to a couple of sure you know uh, uh, bugs that that you know truly shouldn't take my enjoyment um away but I, i have a feeling that it from what i've seen i just I don't want that experience i want to have the best experience possible when i play this because i know it's going to be great and i know i'm going to love it and i just want it to be as smooth you know from beginning to end as possible so
2: yeah it's a shame yeah. that yeah, despite I know they... all the hype there really hasn't been too much i haven't heard too much positive talk about the game like even setting the um the bugs aside which i think have partially been fixed with a patch okay yeah. a lot of people just yeah, say they've the been passionate doesn't really hold up as well as a golf story just it apparently tries it spreads itself a little bit too thin, trying to encompass too many different sports and it just ends up feeling a bit shallow in comparison yeah. um I haven't played myself, so obviously I can't comment you know on a personal level, but it's a shame that in spite of all the excitement, I just haven't heard too much now that the game has launched.
0: Yeah I mean it did kind of launch in that in that tight holiday window I mean two days before Christmas so not really giving folks a lot of chance to review it I think I mean I've honestly just seen reviews dropping in in the past few days Um, and yeah you know it seems like some folks are a bit mixed on it Um, I think you know the game had a lot to live up to people were hyping it up for years and it is a fairly small team, my understanding. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, certainly an ambitious idea trying to combine all these different sports. Um, yeah, and i I'm with you guys. I want to withhold judgment unless I actually play it myself. Yeah. But, um, but it's just, you know, I'm glad they finally got it out before the end of the year. That was what they said. So mm-hmm. there you go. Um, so, yeah, sports stories out now. Um, we also got an update in terms of big news on Sea of Stars, which has been shown off in uh, previous Nintendo presentations. Uh, we didn't have a, a super precise release window, and we still don't know, but we at least know it's coming sometime in the summer. Um, and we got a little bit of extra gameplay. So that was nice to see. I mean, Nicholas, I know you you love RPGs, seemingly of all varieties, and I'd imagine this one's on on your radar.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely interested in it. Um, if I recall correctly, it's a Chrono Trigger-like RPG. That's kind of the, the style they're going for in terms of combat, at least. Um, I've never actually played Chrono Trigger, so that's a pretty big blind spot in terms of my my RPG experience. Uh, but I am interested in this. The Messenger, which was the, the game the developers had worked on previously, was very well received. I've played part of it, and I did enjoy it. Um, this so far has looked very pleasant. It has a great art style. Uh, it has good music which, you know, <laughs> certainly helped by the fact that uh, part of the soundtrack is composed by Mitsuda, yes Yesenori Mitsuda. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm certainly looking forward to this. I would like to see more about the game, you know, just before it launches, but it's one I'll keep an eye sure. on. Sure.
0: Yeah, we, again, we're just so saturated with RPGs at this point. You know, like, I can't deny looking at it that, that this game is beautiful and the music does sound really nice. To me, I'm not seeing anything that i haven't seen done before and i think that's what's keeping me from getting too excited but you know there's maybe there's some surprises in store i'm sure there's a lot they just haven't shown off yet Mm
2: -hmm. i think it's also just neat Um, to have rpgs like this it's not i feel like you don't usually see uh indie games that are kind of full-fledged you know fantasy rpg adventures yeah those tend to be longer games It's not something you see super often adapted in like a just a smaller form kind of indie style game so i'm curious just to see from that kind of angle how this is going to perform
0: well or at the very least like at a very high level of quality you know like there are plenty of games that try that but this seems it certainly seems like a very high quality product it seems like they're taking their time and putting a lot of love into it so i'm sure it'll be good um but yeah that one's coming out in the summer so i think that's pretty big news um, this one I'm super excited for and I, I almost picked it up, but I was just in the middle of playing some other games uh, But one of the games that got shadow dropped during this whole week was a game called melatonin and I don't really know how to describe this other than it's kind of like rhythm heaven but it's very dreamy and it's a little kind of surreal and I think there's a Certain element of making social commentary, which I don't really know how deep that goes, but um but I love Rhythm Heaven, <laughs> and that was basically all I needed to be sold on this game
1: yeah i got a um, <clears throat> I got a like a uh, a couple of, a couple of press releases about this game earlier in the year, and then it just got kind of quiet um so i was I was surprised to see it just you know just sort of come out <laughs> you know uh <laughs> over over the holidays um but it's, it 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 did look it definitely caught my attention right away um you know. Once I've read the first press release that I received uh, about it. And since then it's been on my radar. And, but kind of the same thing um, as you, Nick, where like, you know, I was definitely interested in picking it up. But I, you know, just I, I was already playing a couple other things that I'm heavily invested in at the moment. I didn't want to just add another thing right now to the backlog, you know. <laughs> so I I so sure. Melatonin, sure. I'm just gonna have to wait on it um, for now. But um, I will continue to take it because I do take a lot of notes
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah not that type of yeah, but yeah. <laughs> um yeah you know in general i feel like we're getting more of these rhythm heaven inspired games i mean another one that comes to mind that was announced recently and is coming to switch it's called uh, bits and bops and that one looks even more like rhythm heaven i think than this game does in terms of just the variety and kind of the strangeness of its of the concepts of its mini games Um, And then the folks who made Crypt of the Necrodancer, they're making a rhythm game called Rift of the Necrodancer that also seems kind of inspired by Rhythm Heaven. So um, if Nintendo is not going to make a new Rhythm Heaven, clearly everyone else is, and I am all for that. A game like that is
1: very influential. So, I mean, like, again, it's one of those things where, you know, when when you don't get it enough or when you haven't seen it for a while, then, you know, other people are just going to take it, you know, into their own hands and just be like, "Ah, forget it, I'll not. Fine, I'll make my own game about it. <laughs> you know, that's kind of like...
0: Uh... Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not going to complain because oh, no, I think no, no. just the fans want and stuff like that, and you can't beat it. Um, now, this one definitely surprised me to see it in an indie presentation. I guess it is technically an indie game, but it certainly doesn't look like one. And frankly, I'm surprised they got it running on the Switch. Uh, so it's a game called Mortal Shell and the completed action, to be more specific. And it is a Souls-like uh, combat action game. It's an action RPG, and this is definitely something that I did not expect to see, mostly because of the scope of this game and the art style. Um, also, the fact that it's a newer game. You know, it launched on some next-gen consoles and um, fairly demanding game to run. Mm-hmm. So, not necessarily my type of game, but... Um, it, it was just a big surprise for me personally.
1: Yeah, I, I played a little bit of it on um, on Game Pass. It was, I think, it's still on Game Pass. Um, but it was fine. You know, I, I'm not the demographic for these sorts of games, but I, I appreciate the art direction, though. I think the game does look um, great. But uh, but yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not a I'm not a Souls like person like at all. But I can definitely appreciate what the game. Tries to do, um, and what it does accomplish, uh, but yeah, it's not, right. it's not for me personally. But it is cool to see it, you know, on the Switch to give, you know, people who prefer that platform, you know, more of an option versus just, you know, Dark Souls remastered, You know, so here's something mm-hmm. a lot more big budget sure. on the level of other, you know, AAA titles that would be on par with. Us. So, um, you know, versus something that's, you know, because we see a lot of rogue light or Souls-like, um, you know, indie games, you know, that take inspiration, but they all more or less have that. You know uh retro aesthetic to it you know 16-bit art style and stuff like that you don't typically see uh-huh. you know super detailed you know 3d worlds like you would shell or shell dark soul on switch you know so um you know it, it gives right. people who are a fan of that genre um something new to look forward to um, that they can take you know on the go
0: yeah totally oh did i cut out or did dennis cut out oh shoot Sorry about that. I disconnected for some reason. I don't know
1: Oops. why. <laughs> oh, no worries.
0: No. So, um, yeah, you know. And if you if you squint at it, it may not be Elden Ring. But if you squint and kind of close your eyes a little bit, it kind of looks like Elden yeah, Ring a little bit. Yeah. So it's <laughs> closest we'll get to Elden Ring on the Switch yeah. is my prediction. Yeah. No Melania, um, but
1: otherwise <laughs> you should be good.
0: Yes, and it's not a cloud version, so hey, that's uh, worth I celebrating. Think, uh, yeah, well, yeah, that
1: alone <laughs> is absolutely worth celebrating. It,
0: it yeah. does baffle um, me a little that
2: it doesn't seem to have um, a frame rate lock. Like, it, it goes up to 60 frames per second, but apparently it doesn't really reach that, so I'm not really sure why, when porting it, they wouldn't have just locked the frame rate to 30.
0: Yeah. Huh. Seems a little odd, I but, know. you know. Whatever you need to do, I guess, to get the game to run. I guess, yeah. I'm am not a game developer, so <laughs> I don't know what the thought process is all the time. But, um, but yeah. So that's a cool one to see. Uh, now, this one also came as a bit of a surprise, just because it's a it's a fairly big name, and I don't th- I don't think this was previously announced. So, um, Risk of Rain was kind of just one of the seminal uh, roguelikes uh, of the time it came out. And it's getting, I guess, it's called Risk of Rain Returns. And they're describing it as a expand, kind of an expanded version of the original game that takes some features from its sequel, um, sounds like they're updating the pixel art original a little bit and, and bringing in some new music, some balance changes. Uh, it, it does look kind of similar to the original game, like aesthetically, like it doesn't look, look like a full remake, um, more like a remaster, I guess, which you don't see a lot for indie games. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I really don't know much about risk of rain to be quite honest. It's one of those games. So I think I've heard the title every now and then. And I think visually I know what it looks like, but I've never really fully understood much more than that. We're gone into it further than that. Um, so this did not evoke much for me, but it's, it's interesting to see, like you said, kind of a remaster yeah. of an indie game. I wonder what motivated them to do this.
0: Yeah, uh, well, Gearbox owns Risk of Rain now, um, Hmm. which I don't know when exactly that happened, but the original Risk of Rain came out in 2013 and was really popular. Yeah, I, I think I remember. I think it was a PlayStation Plus game for the Vita at one point. Yeah, so I think I, that's I right. Own I it. it, but
1: yeah, I played it on Vita.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so you've you've played it before? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, as much as I could, and by when I say that, again, I, these games, I'm not that demographic, man. So like, after like twenty minutes, I sure, I was like, sure. nope, that's enough for me. I mean, it, it was tough. It was just kind of like next level too hardcore for me. But um, I will say I, I do like the art direction of this remaster like quite a lot. And Risk of Rain Two was a lot more palatable because it was definitely taken in a different direction. But that first one, man, I just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like, difficulty aside, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I don't blame you. Um, all right, one more game I just, I really want to make sure that we highlight from this <laughs> House of Indies event. Um, total left field for me. Uh, so this one's developed by Sheenan, and they're the makers of a ton of Switch-exclusive indies of note, the big ones being... Uh, that i can think of recently fast rmx and that whole franchise of kind of wipeout slash f-zero inspired games uh they were the makers of uh, jet rocket which you may rem- remember from the WiiWare days. days uh, they're generally known for making these really kind of ambitious g- 3d games that kind of push the hardware um and so this game is is a total change of pace for them it is called the punchuin <laughs> about a penguin who punches things, <laughs> and it is a two uh, D side scroller beat 'em up. <laughs> I don't know what, what you, you mean about them? this
2: not being ambitious. Honestly, this is like.
0: No, no, I didn't say it wasn't ambitious. <laughs> I just mean it. You know, compared to what they normally do, it's just it's so different. Yes, you know? but it's a punching penguin. I mean, what what more do you need, really?
2: He's <laughs> got a no hat. Gloves. Come on.
1: I'm noticing. Yeah, he's a, adorable. There's a trend of, of taking, you know, animals or or even <laughs> vegetables, <laughs> and giving them a gimmick and making a game based off of that. Because didn't we have like bomb chicken not that long ago? <laughs> Something like that it was just a chicken that laid bombs yeah. instead of eggs, and like <laughs> that game was wild. And then, uh, you know, I, I there's a. What is a Smaller indie game, uh, uh Dadish, which is just about like this radish that happens to be a father, and you just <laughs> go
0: around. I've heard of this. Uh,
2: <laughs> it's 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 great. yeah. It's also uh, Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's mm-hmm. another one. Yes, yeah.
1: and Garden Story about like a little blueberry that's like <laughs> Zelda, basically. You know.
0: Yeah, you know, no matter whether you are a plant, an animal, or a vegetable, you too can have your own 2D yeah. platformer Absolutely. these days. So, it's <laughs> it's a great time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It also looks like there's some Tetris elements to this, because in the gameplay which, this one's out now, too, by the way, if you're interested in picking it up. Uh, you, you see them kind of like punching blocks to the side, and they, like, disappear, like Tetris-style. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what to make of that, but yeah, it, it like I, a I'm puzzle very platformer curious. platformer for the most part. Okay, so maybe not a beat-up. I mean, I'd, yeah, maybe not as much combat as I thought in my head. It does seem mostly puzzle-based, but... Um, Just really wanting to punch yeah. some things as the penguin. <laughs> That's true. Beating up blocks and stuff, yeah. Can't beat that. Well, were there any other games that kind of... I, mean, I think those are the big ones, but do you guys have any other things that really stuck out to you that you want to mention real quick? I mean... What about you, Dennis? I,
1: I, Not off the top of my head, at, le- at least none that I can remember, not because none really stuck out, but I mean, like, you know, I mean, the holidays were just so crazy <laughs> in terms of not just, I mean, never mind the announcements, but the releases. So, you know, now I'm getting everything just sort of confused of like, well, what came out? What hasn't come out yet? What got announced? And, you know, what got shadow dropped? <laughs> like, you know, it's just right, like, a, right. it was a lot to keep up with, man. Um, but uh, I know there's, you know, obviously a lot of uh, ports like, like, um, uh, uh, paparazzi <laughs> right where you're just <laughs> taking photos yes, of all these little yes. uh uh you know dogs and, and whatnot. That was on Game Pass for a little bit, I played that um earlier in the year and uh, it was fine. It's it's definitely funny. Um uh but uh you know I mean it
0: is is it like one of those games where like the main joke is like funny for like ten minutes and you're like, okay I yeah, get it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, because in and you know it you know for a game that, you know, its main Gameplay loop is taking photos of these dogs just sort of scattered and doing goofy things, um, you know, all throughout these, in, you know, environments that are split up in the certain levels. Um, you know, the the photo mode kind of is very bland, you know, and that I think is what disappointed me the most is I was like, man, I'm, I'm actually trying. I mean, I know I understand this game is goofy, but like I am trying to take good photos here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'm trying to sure. make, you know, these dogs you know, shine, you know, cause they're all out and about just straight. Of you know what I mean? I want, I want these babies to get adopted. I want them to go to a loving <laughs> home. So let me take some good this photos. Game but game is do hindering
2: that. Dennis's artistic integrity.
0: They're right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's it was not
0: like... letting him express the natural beauty of these. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <a> real problem. <laughs> yeah. Care of that. Yeah. That one is coming out in early 2023. So we don't know exactly when, but, uh, soon ish, presumably mm-hmm. Nicholas, any, last minute games you want to mention that from this spread out indie world (laughs) um probably the
2: gecko gods that was one that stood out to me just because you know it's another one of those uh 3d adventure games which you don't always see when it comes to just indie titles and it just looks really neat uh first of all you're a little gecko so that's cute (laughs) but the the kind of like platforming exploration aspect of it is really fun, looks really fun with, um, combined with the fact that you aren't really limited by verticality because the gecko can just climb along the walls and the ceilings and whatever.
0: And just looks right. really charming, it has a really nice kind of visual style. Yeah, it looks like a very dreamy, um, and yeah, I never would have thought that like playing as a gecko would be a great idea for a 3D platformer, but when you actually watch the footage and watching the way it moves, you really can see a lot of the possibilities even, like, some of the combat that they show off was just kind of, like, ramming into things. I'm like, that looks pretty fun. Yeah, it all looks really natural. <laughs> another animal. I saw some folks kind of... There you go. <laughs> yeah, and I saw some folks kind of comparing the the overall vibe and presentation a little bit to Zelda, which I was like, I can kind of see that see a little yeah, bit. I was
1: getting more Journey <laughs> vibes, yeah. honestly, from it. Yeah. Um, but,
0: um, yeah, no, that's, that's a good one, but too. But it,
1: it does look absolutely... I think, you know, I think charming is definitely the best word for it. Um, it's, it's one of those games that I can absolutely get lost in. It reminds me a lot of um, uh, that game Rhyme. If you guys remember Rhyme, um, it reminds me of that.
0: Of yeah, sort of something yeah where, that one was interesting. Yeah,
1: it's one of those games where I can just relax. I don't have to think about it, just let me explore. And then eventually I just reach the end of the game by going at my own pace and really just appreciating that, you know, uh, that world building and that environmental storytelling
0: yeah no i'm totally with you um one game i want to shout out really quick mostly because i have no idea what the hell it is and i just i want to know more it's uh it's called (laughs) smile for me do you guys remember this one this one looks freaking weird okay so it looks like a like a first person adventure game but the trailer has like a freaking like muppet character (laughs) and i I don't really know. It looks like it's kind of like a horror game also, but it's it's all just very surreal. Oh and yeah, then... I've seen this game before. I've seen
2: someone play this game briefly. It's uh it's a weird one. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> has some like subtle, well, maybe not subtle, but it, it it leans into some like horror psychological horror vibes. Uh despite it's one of those that like, oh, you know, we kind of cute and quirky that actually has like kind of a dark undertone to it.
0: That kind of game. Yeah. <laughs> It definitely looks like one of those games you'd see people streaming as, like, just kind of like, oh, we're going to try this weird horror game, see what happens, and it ends up... I mean, uh, over on Steam, this game is apparently very popular, and I just... I've never heard of it before. Um, But this is its first time being ported to consoles, and I'm just, like, I don't know what this is, but it looks weird and unique, and that's usually enough reason for me to be curious about something. All right, well, I think, you know, there were definitely a lot more games shown off than we'll have time to talk about, but... Overall, I think it was an interesting format um, instead of, like, a regular indie world. Uh, I think it made sense, you know, for the holidays. Yeah. Just kind of dropping mm-hmm. these games here and there. and um, It was nice to see some indies highlighted, you know? I think a lot of people mostly think about big games during the holidays because Christmas and all that, but uh, it was nice to see the indies getting a little bit of love, at least. Yeah. Um, yep. I, all right. I think it's a good format, um, but, you
1: know, I still prefer just sort of, it all being sort of bundled in like a really nice package and being all at once i think you know especially with the hype around it you know it's you know you get people together to experience 10 15 plus minutes of you know these new trailers for these you know you know exciting new announcements versus you know if you release one trailer at a time you know at these you know randomized times throughout the day over a course of a you know set amount of days it sort of gets lost in you know the grand scheme, I think.
0: Yeah. Sure. I agree. Sure. Well, if you guys are looking for some hype, uh, I think something we can all get at least a little hyped about is the new Fire Emblem game, Fire Emblem Engage, right, right around the corner. Gosh, I can't believe it's already almost the middle of January. Um, and, uh, Fire Emblem Engage is almost upon us, and while I don't think we have gotten uh, anyone over on the site previewing it, uh, in advance of its January 20th release date, uh, we did get quite a few previews and some gameplay that dropped over this kind of holiday break, and I just wanted to have a quick conversation over just some of the things that we now know about this game, um, some of the changes because clearly there there are a lot of changes compared to the last mainline game, Three Houses, um, and in a lot of ways it seems like you know from what I've read it's kind of regressing back more towards some of the older Fire Emblem games. Maybe not like super old, but you know, talking Awakening and bringing back just some of the more linear progression from the the 3DS Fire Emblems. Um, so I think the, the main thing that stuck out to me from all these previews that I was like really impressed by for, for some reason is that apparently after battles now, you can like like you've you've beat the battle your combat is done, you can just kind of like roam around the battlefields in three D and talk with NPCs and explore and uh, look for collectibles and stuff. I don't think we've ever seen that in a mainline Fire Emblem game before.
1: I don't believe so. I don't believe so. But everything that they've shown off about this game, man, it's just like I i mean i was i was already sold like you know forever ago so i mean honestly i just feel like all these trailers at this point it's getting redundant because at this point they're just constantly it's almost getting borderline annoying because it's just like yes yes i get it just give it to me already <laughs> you know like i'm I just let me play sure. uh but uh but you know it all looks great i love all the new ideas that are coming into this and the sort of um blend of you know this legacy um you know that this series has had for so long and obviously, I mean, Awakening was the one that really, you know, caused Fire Emblem to, you know, blow up in the West but, uh, you know, to really go back and appreciate it all and have it all encompassed and, you know, engage I think is, is super exciting for those those fans that have been around since the beginning but also the fans that have, you know, uh, you know that want to um, invest much more time into Fire Emblem, whether Awakening was their first, Echoes or Three Houses, you know um, it, it's a great time right. to be a Fire Emblem
0: yeah, no doubt about that. You know, and I think, and it's interesting here that you say that you were kind of already sold on the game because I think for me, I'm actually very grateful for all this preview coverage because I think where I was at a few weeks ago was I was like, it's great that there's a new Fire Emblem game coming. I like where they're going with the art direction. It seems like they have some new ideas, but I'm not really seeing why I should go pick up this game right now. Yeah. You know, and I think now that we've seen a little bit more of it, I'm starting to appreciate... OK, like, here's what they're trying to do. Right. And I I think the, the main thing for me is, you know, it seems like overall this is going to be a bit of a tighter, more linear experience. A lot of the previews were saying, you know, since you're not really, you know, exploring this massive hub world like you were in, in three houses, I guess not massive, but, you know, fairly large and yeah. sprawling. Um, and because you're not, you know, like picking a different house or anything, it's very much more traditional along the lines of, you know, you have your party, the story is pretty much, you know, linear start to finish. And I think that makes the game a little less <laughs> intimidating to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've just have so many massive RPGs right now. I, I really like the idea of sitting down with something that's a little more cut and dry. Yeah, you know? no,
1: absolutely. I mean I I definitely appreciate that more, you know, traditional linearity of, of a game like this. You know, again, I, I mean, I, I've been holding up this sign for years. It's a big sign. I wrote it in a big, bold marker. It says, not everything needs to be open world, you know? So, yeah. uh, you, know, so you know, so please stop. Um, so I, I'm glad to see that this one is, you know, more focused and streamlined. Like, it, it's hugely appreciated, believe me, because I can't tell you how much I got distracted, you know, for better or for worse. I'm not saying it was a bad thing, but there was a lot of distractions and time spent you know, in that academy in three houses that I could have been spending, you know, progressing the story like I wanted to, to begin with anyways, you know, (laughs) Uh, instead of getting caught up on like, let me make another dish. I hope they like this, you know, Eggplant parmesan, just so we can increase the friendship. Yeah, so it's ridiculous.
0: Well, you can still do that in this game, Dennis. If, yeah, if that makes you feel fine, better, which is fine. But like, it
1: literally felt like a full time job. <laughs> like, it was crazy. It's like, yes. I just want to experience this incredible story, you know? And uh, you know, so to God constantly... hurt, man, won't you like my fish and chips? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: you Something know, demanding. Good. Because the thing is, like, that game is so you know en- engrossing, and you know, I don't, I'm really trying hard not to use the word engage right now, <laughs> and engaging. <laughs> so, but, oh uh, yeah, okay, uh, so. No, but uh, but I invested so much time into Three Houses, where it's just like you know, like even though I had an incredible time with it and so much fun in all these areas, it did feel segmented because you know I would spend time here, spend time there, and I never mm-hmm. really got to the core and the meat and bones or the meat and potatoes of the of the story right because you know again it's like you know you get so sidetracked with all this other content so i I really don't mind that at all just give me an incredible story from start to finish where you know there is no you know not as many distractions basically that that, that's the best way for me to put it
0: yeah Hmm. nicholas how are you feeling about fire emblem Engage now that we've gotten to see Uh, a little bit more of it was there anything that really kind of stuck out to you i think honestly i'm
2: kind of in the same place that you are nick where I think the game looks great. I think it has a great art style. I'm really happy for Fire Emblem fans. But there hasn't been uh, a lot shown so far that sold me just personally on the game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I said, it looks great. But um, as much as I like Fire Emblem, I'm not a Fire Emblem super fan that uh, has to pick has to pick up every single entry. I really enjoy the games, but not to like, that extent necessarily. So I've been sure. kind of waiting to see, you know, what is it about this game that's going to grip me into really wanting to pick it up. And I haven't quite seen something like that yet, but I've been getting little glimpses here and there of little things that interest me. Um, and I might I might pick this up at launch depending on what I see people saying about the game. If it really is like a fantastic Fire experience, then I probably will try and find time for it before Octopath Traveler comes out like a month later. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's good Otherwise, yeah, we'll see. I like some of the st- things they're doing with the story. I kind of like the idea of having I um, I don't know, I guess like a, a traditional sort of quest setup where it's like ah, we have to find all the magic rings in all of the four different kingdoms. <laughs> it's a little basic and silly, but
0: I like how kind of traditional that is. Yeah, it's fine. It's a very Fire Emblem premise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I think there's something to be said for that. From what I've heard and read, reading some of these previews, it sounds like, you know, despite the fact that they're bringing in all these older characters, it seems that the social Sim elements are kind of being toned down a little bit compared to Three Houses. Obviously, we won't really know the full extent until we get our hands on it. But, um, you know, no one has really mentioned there being any romance options, which I know that was, you know, something that has been a little bit controversial for Fire Emblem fans. Some people say it's, you know, some of that can be a bit of a distraction from the actual strategy. Um, you know, some people are kind of viewing this as like a not-so-good thing, saying support conversations don't seem as fleshed out, but other people seem to be saying, you know, it's feels a little bit more like a traditional Fire Emblem, Emblem game and that the focus is more on when you're in this somnial area, most of the things you're doing are to prepare yourself for the next battle. You know, there's not as much filler content Mm -hmm. and it sounds like there's still quite a bit to do around the environments like um in the Somnial, for example (laughs) someone was saying that there's an animal pen where (laughs) if you've like adopted animals um they'll like give you resources over time like going to get milk from your (laughs) cows and stuff like that um but it's all like in in the pursuit of preparing for the next battle versus just for creating character relationships Mm -hmm. and things like that can can you
2: imagine the irony, if you know Fire Emblem Engage, the game with all the rings that people constantly wear, doesn't actually have any like marriage romance options in it?
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty funny. It would be pretty. A- good. And I, I suppose I could be wrong, but I really don't think they've they've mentioned it or shown it or yeah. I haven't seen anyone there talking is, about
2: I, it. There so. is, I know that there is like there are still um support levels and whatnot that you increase. I think there's a similar new system for rings that, like, or I guess emblems is what they're called, where you can kind of uh, interact with those and also have, like, its own sort of support level. But I think you're right in that we haven't seen explicit, like, romance options through the support system. I imagine that would be there because it's been in all the games since Awakening, I think. Maybe not in Shadows of Valencia. I'm not entirely sure about that one, but it seems like an element they've been bringing forward consistently, so...
0: I don't know. Yeah. But your point about, like, the new systems that they're introducing, when you're talking about, like, these different rings and stuff, so... uh, And we talked about this a little bit in the past, but the idea is that, you know, as you complete battles and progress through the story, you get these different... um, Gosh, what's the term? Emblems? They're, like, basically, like, shard. Well, not just the emblems, but... You're making the emblem rings by, like, you pick up these pieces and it's kind of like a gotcha system to, like, create new emblem rings and summons Mm -hmm. and all that, or bond rings, excuse me. So you're collecting bond fragments to create these bond rings, Um, and I'm wondering if instead of the whole system of, oh, you're, you're, you know, party members are in relationships and having kids and that's how you are passing on these traits... If they're really just going to be leaning solely on, you know, you're creating these bond rings, using these fragments, and using that to determine skills and all that. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But that, that seems to be the direction, as far as we've seen so far, that they're going with it. Well, do you guys have any other closing thoughts on Firebomb Engage? I don't think we'll talk about this again until the game is actually out. I can't imagine if there's much more they can show off at this point. <laughs> I mean,
1: I wouldn't put it past them, honestly. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, no. I mean, not really many closing thoughts other than you know I, I think this will be a great game. However, I will say, I will say that as great as this looks, I don't know if it's going to surpass Three Houses in terms of um, how much people enjoy it. Because I, I will say, just from everything that I've seen, even though I think it looks great, it definitely. It definitely has its own feel um, and is cl- very clearly tr- trying not to be three houses. But I think mm-hmm. with how good three houses wa- like, was and how much people experienced that as their first fire emblem just because of the success of the Switch in general, um, I think people, a lot of people might be jumping in to engage, not necessarily confused, but definitely a little... Um, uh, maybe disoriented is probably the best word uh, to use. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it would have a hard time um, being better than Three Houses in terms of story. Because I think Three Houses generally regards having one of the better stories in Fire Emblem games. Yeah. I could certainly see some of the new gameplay elements making it have one of the the tighter, like, gameplay element, <laughs> so Having one of the best gameplays of the, the various Fire Emblem games.
0: Sure. Is it that, is the, the, the overall loop character. and rhythm you mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I'm with you. Well, we will find out in just a few weeks. So stay tuned. Uh, I'm sure we'll have more to say on it once the game is actually out. Uh But in the meantime, let's let's shift over and talk about some of the other news that dropped over the past few weeks while we were out. Not too much all said and done. Lots of smaller announcements, but definitely some some things we want to highlight for sure. Now, in terms of new game announcements, most of what we got came from that House of Indies presentation, but there were some miscellaneous things here and there. I think the big one uh, was uh, we're getting a a new Salmon Max game. Specifically, we're getting a a remaster of an old Salmon Max game. Uh, This game is called Salmon Max The Devil's Playhouse Remastered. And I don't know how familiar you guys are with Salmon Max, but these were some of Telltale's original point-and-click games. And uh, they had some 2D ones that they made, and then they made some 3D ones. And uh, this is a remaster of one of the 3D ones. Um, and I, I love Sam and Max. I love those characters. Um, I love the, the kind of lighthearted approach to detective gameplay. And uh, the games are not really super accessible on modern systems. And so the fact that they've been... This is the third game in the series that they've remade. Um, so I'm pretty excited for this actually. Are you guys big, big point click fans? Are you guys familiar with Sam and Max at all?
1: Oh, I, I, I love, I point click games and I'm actually playing one right now. Um, well, I mean, I can, well, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what it is. I can't really talk about it cause it's not out yet, but, <laughs> but I'm playing, um, Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the excavation of Hobbs Barrow. Um, well, at least it's not. I think it, I think it is actually out on PC, actually. So, yeah, actually, never mind. I could talk about it. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, that's actually a, a, a point-click game. Um, but the reason why I said I couldn't talk about it is because it's not out on Switch yet. It uh, will be out on Switch in a couple of <laughs> But i have been playing it on Soon. Switch.
0: Soon, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm really enjoying my time a lot with that game. That, that's a point-click game. And uh, yeah, I have played all the Siberia games. Those are great. Um, and, yeah, no, I, I love point-click games. And I think that's a, that's an underappreciated genre. I feel because i think a lot of people yes. think of point click and think of like these old games from like the 80s and 90s that you know no one really does anymore because technology has come so far but like you don't realize like how many great adventures and stories that you're missing by neglecting that genre like there's a lot of great content there
0: right yeah and you know not all these salmon max games have you know hit n- nintendo platforms in the past um, it's also interesting because even though these were originally made by telltale telltale isn't really involved in these Remasters, so it seems like they're kind of licensing it out uh, to this other studio called Skunk Ape Games. So um, it, it's just it's cool to see. I, I'm glad that even though Telltale had all this turmoil that these games are not just going to be <laughs> lost to time, you know? Um, so I think that was kind of the, the big announcement that we got. Um, let's switch over to some release dates. We did get some release dates for some games. I just want to quickly go through... Now this one is not one that I think everyone has heard of, but I think it's notable. Um, So this game is called Akka r It's spelled (laughs) A-K-K-A-A-R-R-H. And if you've never heard of this game, I don't blame you, but this is a new arcade project from Atari. It's a new arcade game. Um, They've been investing a little bit in kind of remaking and remastering some of their older game concepts. Uh, but it's been a while since they put out something really new and original. And that's what this is. Um, it kind of reminds me of TXK uh, or Tempest. Have, have you guys, are you guys familiar with those? Familiar
1: mm-hmm. with Tempest.
0: Yeah. It, it kind of gives me Tempest vibes. Um, and I, I love Tempest. So I'm, I'm actually very curious about this one. Um, so this one is coming out in February. Uh, so not too long of a wait, February twenty second. Yeah. Um, so yeah,
2: it's I think uh, it's definitely different visually. It
0: is. It's if, like, if it
2: really looks go like some play... kind of drug induced fever dream, to be <laughs> honest.
0: <laughs> that that's a good way to describe Tempest and TXK and this whole yeah. <laughs> kind of <laughs> sub series of Atari games. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. These are. These are great games, and I haven't played this one, but it looks right in line with those um, arcade classics. And apparently, this is kind of based. It, so it's it's from the same people who developed like Tempest and TXK, and it's kind of they're trying to make it kind of feel like it's some old Atari arcade prototype that was lost to time or whatever. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I can get on board for that.
2: And just the fact that it's like a new Atari Atari game is, you know, that alone I think is pretty interesting. (laughs) See what they're trying to do nowadays.
0: Yeah, Yeah, not something that happens every day. Do you guys remember when Atari was trying to make their own home console recently? The Mm -hmm. VCS? (laughs) I have not heard anything about that.
1: You know what's funny is like, this is how much... (laughs) interest i didn't have in it um i actually got offered uh to be sent a review unit (laughs) i turned it down
2: oh wow (laughs) Oh (laughs)
1: wow i was like no i'm good man i have no interest like i just i'm not i'm i appreciate what atari has done within the game industry um but you know they they uh you know they're just part of history now i think and i think and that is a thing of the past um i'm just gonna leave it at that so (laughs) Back to the shadows
2: Ouch. from whence you came. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Damn. I, I, I'm, I, I would have checked it out, honestly. I don't know what the VCS really is, but... Uh, well, I think that was another I'm reason why, why I turned it, it down it. also. Yeah. I was just like,
1: I don't get it, and I don't think I care to understand. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Uh, but
1: yeah, I did, I did
0: Yeah. Well, can't, can't review everything, right? <laughs> um... Some other release dates we got um dennis i know you're excited for this one uh grim grimoire once more yeah. the kind of remaster of grim grimoire um comes out april 4th
1: yeah very much excited. not february yeah. <laughs> i'm very <laughs> much excited I, i'm just a sucker for like just nis games in general though so like they're you know they're one of those publishers and developers where it's like you know if i if i see their name attached to something i don't care what it is i want them <laughs> you know like that's how much <laughs> sort of loyalty I have to them. Um, so, yeah, and this is no exception. Yeah.
0: So. Switch Switch is going to be the, the place where you can play, like, most of Vanillaware's games, right? Because yeah. is Muramasa in there now? Um, no. no. I don't think so. No, no not <laughs> <Muramasa>. yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ah, damn. All right, I stand corrected. Uh, <laughs> I wish. I, I think the think. reason why
1: I uh, love them so much is because they treated me very well when Vita was my main platform when everyone was neglecting the Vita, NIS was still there just being like here's another one, here's another one, here's another Mm -hmm. one, you know, so they were treating it very well.
0: Yeah, and speaking of NIS, they also announced uh, another Trails game that they've been working on bringing over to the West for a while now, uh, Trails into Reverie. That one is coming out on July 7th. Um, I don't know exactly where that one falls in the whole Trails timeline. I'm not super familiar with that series, although I've been meaning to get into it. I, I have the, the very first one um, ready to go on my Steam Deck pretty much. But um, but yeah, not all the games are available on Switch. So I think that's kind of why I've been slow to get into mm-hmm. them. Um, but yeah, this is if you are into this series, I'm sure you are very excited for this
2: one. Everything I've heard about like the Legend of Heroes games is generally like, once you finish Xenoblade, you have a few different paths you can take. You either go like MMO with Final <laughs> Fantasy 14, you either go like past games with Xenogears and Geno Saga. or you go into Legend of Heroes. <laughs> so, okay. this has been a series that I've been paying a little bit more attention to recently. You're saying you're overdue is what you're saying. Uh, potentially. <laughs> there are a lot of these games though, so I wouldn't really know where to start. <laughs> um, but this well, is Well, yeah, and they, and they an say
0: you kind of they say you kind of have to start from the beginning if you want to get the full impact. What, what is like, the beginning, is not like a though? <laughs> final fantasy situation? I hell if I know, man, uh. um, but yeah. So yeah, that one's coming out uh, this summer in July. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. All right. Now in terms of actual news that we got, I mean, I guess that was news too, but here newsy news for lack of a better way to describe it. Um, Y'all remember Chocobo GP? <laughs> no. I, move on. I remember it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, I don't think... Yeah, clearly no one else does. I think Square Enix is trying to forget it. Because, Square Enix was uh, just like, oh, wait, this is still
2: running? Oops, oh, turn that off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we didn't <laughs> tell this along with our... we
0: meant to videos, shut so that just, down. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're starting to wind it down. Uh, they have announced that they are ending support for it in terms of content updates and that they are they they've already discontinued the sale of the in-game currency which is probably just a good thing in general (laughs) (laughs) they should have just done that from the start but um but yeah they've been bringing i mean to their credit they've been bringing new tracks new characters with each of these uh seasons that they've had so far but the game just never really landed, I think, yeah, with a lot of people, I, I, which is a shame. It's,
1: it's a big shame. I know you reviewed it, Nick, um, but like you know, as as someone who I I I had a lot of interest in it, and I, I could never bring myself to buy the game. I did play quite a bit of like the free, like the light version that they had, um, mm-hmm. which um, you know, I mean, you couldn't do much in it, but it was enough to sort of get my fix. And um, I, I love kart racers, and I, there was a lot of potential there, but that game really, I mean, with with how. Ridiculous, those microtransactions were, and just all the stuff that they had pumped into the game that you couldn't really unlock just by playing the game. You had to pay even more money. I was like, why wasn't this just a free to play game to begin with? It was destined for disaster the moment it came out. You're $50, right? So $10 less than what is arguably one of the greatest kart racers of all time, if not the greatest kart racer of all time, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, you know, and you're exclusive on that very same system as Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. You're destined for disaster. Like there was no thought process, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like,
0: oh, and it, and it was right around the time that they were releasing the Mario Kart 8 DLC, the first wave. I know of the it. whole. Th- so that was just another yeah, thing. Yeah, the whole thing's a
1: best, man. Like, if it had been multi-platform, if it had been on Game Pass, or been like you know had like a crazy Steam thing going on, or if it was given away for free on Epic Games, whatever, you might have had a fan base there that would have probably still be playing. But honestly, like, I yeah, know. I mean, that game was decent for disaster.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. and As a Switch exclusive, too, nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good idea. yeah. It seems like Square Enix certainly puts out a lot of Final Fantasy games, but they also are pretty quick to shut down the online slash mobile focus ones when they don't land. Because they also are shutting down their Final Fantasy VII Battle Royale that has only been out for like a year. Yeah. They're like, nope, this isn't making enough money. Honestly, <laughs> so. when I read about
1: that, I completely forgot it came out. I was like, oh, right, that was a thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Square yeah, I think that one actually got better with time, but
2: Square Enix has not had a good track record recently with live service games. Like at all. Yep. <laughs> I feel like they're writing on the success of Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Fourteen and they're like, yeah, we can do other things like this. <laughs>
0: I, I think they I think they can. I just But even I it's where the monetization gets tricky well, that things usually right. get brought down. But we also yeah. have
1: to remember that Final Fantasy XIV even came out as a disaster initially before yes, reborn, yeah. right? Or this what is is true. whatever it was called. So This is true. Um, yeah. I mean, so, you know, even that the did, Realm reborn, you know, it come out exactly swinging at the gates, you know, so
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, uh, Final Fantasy fans certainly have a lot to enjoy with the Pixel remasters coming out soon, Final Fantasy sixteen on other platforms, so I don't think people are going to be moaning this one's lost for too long. Um, but yeah, shame nonetheless. Uh, now, we're going to get into rumor territory here for a little bit, so, so bear with me, folks. But uh, and this one is not really confirmed by any means, but uh, over the break, uh, on December 30th to be exact... Uh, the, we, we got a glimpse of something that appears to be the outer packaging for a Tears of the Kingdom Switch OLED, which has not been officially announced or anything like that, but, uh, the box art looks pretty convincing. It could still be a fake. So that's why we're flagging this one as a rumor. But, um, yeah, I will say if this looks real, uh, it looks very beautiful. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I'm very much of two minds on this because I've been holding out from getting an OLED specifically because I've been expecting something like this. (laughs) So... Wise man. If this is a real thing, uh, I'm happy and I will probably pick this up. But also, I just... If some of it is, like, a little weird, apparently this is the same way that a Splatoon 3 OLED was leaked... Or it's a similar manner. Uh And everything with the box seems about right. But the one thing that I saw someone bring up that does kind of bring me pause. Is that the the symbol on the front. Like the Triforce Eagle type symbol. uh, It's the same one that was on a special edition Zelda 3DS. Which strikes me as very, very odd. (laughs) Like I don't think that's something that Nintendo would have done just reuse the exact same design because it's not it doesn't seem particularly fitting for this game and either uh i just posted it in the
0: chat if you want to have a look at that it's just
2: it's a that that struck i guess (laughs) i could
0: see that yeah no that's a good point i mean again it's who who knows i think it looks like a beautiful console and the packaging certainly looks realistic enough that it could be um but I'd imagine like this is the kind of thing that if it is real, we'll probably find out in the next Nintendo Direct for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty um, good mockup, though. So if yeah. it is fake. I
1: mean, I think it looks
0: it different. is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they got the the corrugated cardboard looking right, <laughs> right and everything. Yeah. Oh, I, I hope this is a this is real and
2: I'll be able to pick this up, so long as we're not getting a new Switch within like a year of this existing.
0: Yeah. Well, that leads us to our our next rumor, which comes from a a little bit more of a credible source. So there have been rumors about a Switch Pro or just kind of a mid-generation upgrade uh, of the Switch with more power for a long time. And we didn't really get it. We got the Switch OLED, which I think is actually a a decent step up. Not anything game-changing, but not extra power or anything like that. Um, But we never really saw that Switch Pro, uh, for lack of a official name come to fruition. Uh, But Digital Foundry, who generally know their stuff and they don't really put out flaky information, they said they spoke with some game developers and they believe that at one point Nintendo was toying around with the Switch hardware refresh, but that that is no longer happening as they are aware and that the company is apparently focusing on making a true successor instead. Yeah.
2: Honestly, this doesn't surprise me. Like, I think it was back in 2020, I want to say. Maybe it was 2021. When They were all of the Switch rumors that, like, started flaring up massively uh, before E3 happened. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it was from pretty credible sources. There was, like, Bloomberg reporting on something like that. Uh, and it right. just felt like there was too much smoke for it to just be, like, everyone trying to make something up for credibility's sake. Like, there was a lot of people that were reporting on things that made it seem yeah. like there was a more powerful system coming. And I think the right. the idea of, oh, you know, COVID hit and there was a shortage of parts, so they couldn't go all the way with it. So they gave us just, they used the OLED screens, uh, but didn't go much further than that. <laughs> um, that makes sense to me. I, and I would not be surprised if that is what actually happened. And just if this report is, you know, well if it's accurate, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, It does make sense, you know, we're so late in the Switch's life, I can't imagine that at this point they would put out a mid-generation refresh unless we have another, gosh, six years ahead of us for the Switch. Um, But yeah, I I think at this point that that has to be um, the correct response. I don't know, Dennis, what do you think? Do you think it's too late for a mid-generation Switch upgrade? (laughs)
1: I mean, honestly, with the success of the Switch, you know, if new hardware is gonna come out that it would be considered a true success or a true next-gen console, you have to more or less have the same foundation that the Switch has. The problem is we know Nintendo has a history of always changing things up, every single hardware generation, right? So at the very least, we know we'd have backwards compatibility, and I think that is a safe bet just because of how successful it is, and you don't want a repeat of what's been happening you know, almost every other generation, right? Which um, the Nintendo Everything article makes a good point of like, you know, the Wii was incredible, the Wii U sold like crap, and then the Switch was incredible. Um, and you don't want the next one to sell like crap, right? And it was the same thing where, you know, the, you know, the DS, for example, was one of the best selling systems of all time, and then the 3DS just didn't even really come close. It was still a good selling system, but only reached about, at the end of its life cycles, maybe half of, you know the DS did, um, which is still a lot, mind you. That's how much the DS sold. <laughs> you know, so uh, <laughs> right, right. So, but yeah. And then GameCube didn't do good, but Nintendo 64 before that did fantastic. So yeah, it was. You know, you have this sort of on-off cycle um, with Nintendo hardware, and I think a big component to that, or a big reason for that happening, is because of you know each new hardware refresh just feels so segregated from. Hardware before, and you know, we, you know, had so many great ideas about it, right? Not only was it backwards compatible, but it had GameCube controller ports on the system as well. So you know, it was like I miss that so much. Exactly, like it wasn't (laughs) like you could only do like you know WaveBird, or you had to do some specific, you know, new generation GameCube controller that was only on the Wii. Like no, you could just take what you already had from your GameCube and just basically. You know, plug and play on your Wii it was fantastic. you,
0: a- you could plug in your DK bongos if you wanted yeah. and some <laughs> Donkey Kong jungle beat, Exactly, which I may or may not have done Exactly,
2: <laughs> exactly. I um, mean technically, there's a GameCube adapter for the switch, right Couldn't you theoretically use DK bongos through that <laughs> on any
0: switch game?: I have not tried this I don't know where my DK bongos are. I was going to get on that for many years. <laughs> But I do. Th- for science. <laughs> Smash Ultimate with DK Bongos. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, all right. But add that to my resolutions. <laughs> but yeah,
1: I think, you know, everyone has such a fondness now towards the, the Switch. And uh, you know, I, I think it's safe to say we all very much love switch here. And um so, you know, to simply put that down, especially with what I feel has become absolutely brilliant that at home or on the go, dock it on the T V or play it handheld seamlessly. I think that's right. I mean, that changed everything to the point where so many other people once again or other companies once again were trying to copy what Nintendo did, right? And um mm-hmm. and, you know, the Steam Deck is the really the first one in a long time to really do that successfully. And uh but yeah, no, it's it's you gotta be very careful with how you market your next console. Even if you don't call it a Switch, um, at the very least, two things need to happen. Make it backwards compatible, and number two, please, for the love of God, have that eShop transfer over. Because oh, yeah. right now we've transferred. Because <laughs> yeah. We've, yeah, no yeah, we've gotten too much into the digital era of gaming that you cannot ignore that this time around. Especially with how hard Nintendo's been pushing digital content this year by offering you know, double, double gold coins, you know, and even being, you know, releasing themselves. All these indie presentations. Exactly. All yeah. of that, which is digital only. <laughs> they themselves, re- you know, releasing digital only stuff. Um, You know, like all those, you know, Kirby spinoffs and things like that that you can't get physical copies of. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, stop with this. Like, every hardware generation feels like a point in time that is also lost in time. And there's no museum for this, right? So it's just like once your hardware breaks, Twenty years down the line, thirty years down the line, you can't do anything about that anymore, unless you, you know, happen to pick one up, you know, from a thrift store, or you pay someone on eBay ten thousand dollars, <laughs> you know, who happens to still have <laughs> one, you know, in good yeah, condition. So yeah. it's you cannot do that. Anymore. You you cannot that digital yeah. library needs to transfer over, whether you like it or not. And you better make sure that it is compatible with that hardware. I don't want to hear some nonsense like PlayStation tried to do it at first, where it's like, ah, well, you know, some PS Four games some other ones that, and then even with ps4 some ps3 games you know work some don't. but you know it's only over the cloud and it's just like oh my god man like you're making this so complicated
0: for it, no reason. more complicated than it right. should be yeah exactly. yeah i hear you yeah let this be everyone's reminder too with that uh we're just about two and a half months out until the 3ds and wii u e-shops close permanently to new purchases mm-hmm. so uh yeah don't forget about that if you're if you've been sleeping on some you know, digital exclusives, and you want to play them before they're lost to the ether, uh, now's your chance. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it, it is kind of funny that as we're talking about all this, uh, you guys remember how Mario Kart 7 got just like a random update not too long ago? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So this kind of leads into our next news story. So apparently, the reason why that game got a random update and the reason why a bunch of older Switch games all got these random updates, even though they're not getting support otherwise right now, is because apparently there was this um, very, like, potentially dangerous hardware exploit. Um, I'm totally going to butcher what it's called. It's E-N-L Buffer (laughs) Pwn, is is what it's called, apparently. And um, apparently this was a pretty severe vulnerability that got reported to Nintendo by the folks who discovered it, which is good. And um, But it would have allowed, basically, if you're having an online game session with someone who knows about this exploit, uh, they could basically completely take over your device. Um, it was like a super serious thing. And so that's why all these games have been getting <laughs> random updates. Crazy. Yep. It, it's good to know that um, <laughs> they're still kind of taking care of that, just
2: in case there are some people playing these games online. You know, <laughs> you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're still going to be relatively safe as long as they retroactively update them. Although I think there's still a few games they haven't actually done this with yet, like the original Splatoon.
0: But Right, they may not be able to update some of them anymore. But um, but yeah, I, I'm sure people are still playing Mario Kart 7, so it's good to know, I suppose. Um, one last bit of news uh, before we start closing things out a little bit. Um, and this one is a little bit bittersweet. Uh, so as we all know, the man, the myth, the legend, Masahiro Sakurai, uh, he's been doing his YouTube stuff for a little while now. You know, he's basically a YouTuber now. (laughs) Um, and, uh, he, he mentioned in a recent video, uh, actually I should say he mentioned in an interview, uh, that he is now semi-retired. Those are his official words. Um... He's, this whole YouTube channel that he's been doing has kind of been a reflection of his career in a lot of ways. And so, um, yeah, I, I wonder what this means. I wonder if we're going to see games with him still involved. I wonder how, reti- <laughs> how retired he is. I mean, certainly, he's had a long career, so yeah. uh, I don't blame him for choosing to wrap things up.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. he's probably still going to do a few more things. I think this is basically yeah. just him saying, like, hey... I don't want to do this until I die. (laughs) So, (laughs) at some point, I am gonna stop
0: Smash DLC forever. Yeah, yeah, I can only add so many characters. Yeah, this is. (laughs) I think that was an actual quote from him at one point. He's like, "I can't add all the characters. Please stop asking." Um, Yeah, no, I. You know, it would be sad if we didn't see another Kid Icarus game before he retired. But also. Maybe he can come on as a, as a consultant or something. I don't know. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all right. Well, uh, I am confident
2: he's still going to probably do a few more things, right? Like, I don't think he, you know, <laughs> I don't think he's done done quite yet. I, I think he's probably still got a couple of games in him. He might maybe just move to a more of an advisory role rather than being, you know, on the front lines in the trenches. But... Yeah, right. I, mean, he's, I mean,
1: he's still... Young. I mean, so I mean he's still got, you know, plenty of games in him. But I think he probably will end up taking that sort of like Miyamoto route, right? Where he's just like you said, Nicholas, just that more like you know, he's more of just being like a supervisor in a lot of these games, just making sure that things are, you know, going along steadily and sort of spreading his wisdom.
0: he's gonna open up his own damn theme park. Yeah, it's, gonna, it's gonna be all all his franchises. Super a, World. Give me a Kirby theme park, seriously. <laughs> Oh, dude, I'll tell That'd you that.
2: That'd be cool. Dreamland,
0: like a real uh, Dreamland Imagine. Oh, man. Let's do a, a, a Kirby Air Ride uh, ride. That would be fun. I'd, I'd be.
2: <laughs> for that. There's only one button to control the roller coaster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're just the drifting the whole time. <laughs> yep. Yep. There you go. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of the games that came out this during our podcast break. Uh, most of the ones we, we mentioned uh, that came out were part of that again, that indie world spread out <laughs> House of Indies thing. But there were some other games that came out that I do want to make sure uh, get mentioned at the very least. So one of the games that just kind of came out of nowhere was uh, Toys Soldiers HD, which is an older real-time strategy game that originally was a I want to say it was a 360 like Xbox Live arcade game. And uh, I know this remaster has been in the works for a while for Switch. It got delayed a few times. Not entirely sure why, but it just kind of came out all of a sudden and uh, you can get it on the eShop now. So do you guys have any love for this game at all? Or I, I wasn't like super, I, I'm like familiar with it, but um, that's about all I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really have any personal sort of attachment to it. Um, I, I think when it comes to like, you know, toy soldiers, I have, like I, I remember the army men games on nintendo 64 <laughs> you know um <laughs> and like the, oh yeah those sure were is. those were cool i used to rent those all the time blockbuster if anybody remembers blockbuster <laughs> so um, but yeah but for this particular game though i I'd never played it or invested and i was aware of its existence and i knew some people did play it but um yeah don't really have any personal attachments
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. It's not not a major name. Um, Now, here's something that we don't get all the time on the Switch, which is a simulation racing game, which is why I want to shout this one out. Um, WRC Generations. Now, this is a rally racer game. Um, The WRC franchise has been going on for a long time, and we've gotten a few of them on the Switch. Um, They're not the most (laughs) amazing ports in the world um i've seen them in action and they don't really look great compared to other platforms um but to be honest on the switch you don't really have a ton of options <laughs> and i think they know that <laughs> it's one of those tickets um, but yeah. i actually really like yeah and i actually really like rally racing games so i'm really like kind of glad this game is here but at least for me i don't think i would play it on the switch when i have other places I can play it on, you yeah. know.
1: I mean, honestly, like, and and those games like usually get so cheap so quick that I mean, you're better off just waiting for a sale elsewhere, probably, rather than playing a port. You know, pay, paying full MSRP for a port that is still going right. to be significantly hindered. Um, so yeah, I mean, honestly, if you want a game like that, personally, I would highly recommend Dirt uh, Dirt Five. I think Dirt Five is great.
0: Um, yeah, Dirt Five is a bit more arcadey oh, that versus is something like like Dirt that, Rally. That is, true. that is true. But um, yeah, the WRC games are are pretty pretty realistic simulations, and this one I will say like you know it is coming in at a bit of a budget price, like forty bucks, and in terms of content, this um, this is the last WRC game by the current developers, and so they're kind of trying to compile a bunch of the stuff from older games, and so they've got like. Stages across, like, 22 different countries. There's, like, 37 cars. Like, it's dang a pretty good package. World so... <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of cool. Now, this next one is a little bit random, but <laughs> there's a reason I'm mentioning it. So, I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid, I some of the first, like, games I ever played as a young child were, like, Pajama Sam and Spy Fox and, uh, Freddy Fish. And I don't know, I don't know if you guys have played those ones, but for some reason, um, they have been re-releasing these games on the Switch and on Steam for the past year or two. And they've bundled, um, six of them together now. And so if you're like me and you just want a burst of nostalgia, you can play all these, like, childhood (laughs) games uh on the switch in one package now <laughs> which is just like it's so random but uh when i saw the announcement i was like oh my god i can't believe they actually did this
1: <laughs> that's awesome though because i you know I, I do remember these games i didn't invest as much time into these sorts of games but i absolutely remember and uh but and then the you know the little bit of time i did spend playing i remember just having you know a great time so yeah i mean you're absolutely right where you know the definitely gonna hit hard with this one and it's awesome having it all in one place um, you know, sort of similar to yeah. uh, how I felt when you know the Disney, you know, any sort of Disney collection comes out. You know, whether it's uh you know what was it the four AM collection, something like that, and uh four AM um, <laughs> or something like that. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> but the early morning. Oh, the cartoon. after
0: the Disney after Disney afternoon. There, there we go. There we go. That's <laughs> the one. Yeah, one I going to say, morning, I, morning. I love yeah. the four AM Disney cartoons.
2: <laughs> 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 They're all coming Disney out of the After club. Yeah, Late <laughs> yeah. night Disney.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he has got his headphones in. He just got done DJing for the night. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> but no, the uh, uh, but the, even the one with that had um, you know Aladdin and playing like, that was awesome. You know, uh-huh. I, those two games in particular, I played the hell out of. You know, as a kid.
0: Yeah, there's definitely an audience for it. I don't think I would spend $60 on this collection, oh, which is shockingly what they are asking yeah. for, but <laughs> uh, yeah, no. But on a deep sale, I don't know, maybe if I was really wanting to yeah. throw yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, it back. at
1: 4 a.m. you're good to go.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, one more game I want to shout out that came out recently um, that has also been in the works for a little while is Lil' Gator Game. Uh, which is a three D platformer. Um, it's kind of just also just adventure game. Mm-hmm. It plays this cute little gator, and you're solving puzzles and talking to other critters and slingshotting enemies. And I mean, it looks adorable. <laughs> it,
2: yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, I've played through oh, it. Have you been playing? I've it? played through it all the way to the end. It's fantastic. I love it. <laughs>
0: Not a super long game, too. No. from what I've heard, right?
2: No, it's. Um, I think I completed it probably in ooh, eight eight hours ish. It's definitely okay. it's definitely not That's long. Um, the main thing is the main thing about it in terms of comparisons. It's it reminds me a, a lot of a short hike. It takes a lot of kind of cues and elements from that, and uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but I really love a short hike. It was a super fun experience, and this is kind of just that, yeah. but. You have a crocodile instead, and it's like a more of a three D platformer that takes a lot of uh, Zelda elements. An alligator. Yes, sorry, on, my, my it's mistake. a alligator, not a
0: crocodile.
2: Totally a different. reptile. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, but yeah, it takes a lot of cues from uh, Zelda. Like the story itself is honestly really sweet and kind of nostalgic in a way, where it's um, you're a small gator with um, an older sister, and when you were when you were young, you used to play like this. Um, kind of make-believe Zelda-type game where your your older sister would create all these rules and, like, set up this uh, this world and, like, this, you know, nature park, nature reserve-type thing, oh. and you would all play together, and uh, as you grow older, she's, like, super busy, but uh, you're still trying to play with friends and try and bring back, like, that childlike wonder, and so you set up the park with all of these, like, cardboard cutouts of monsters and all these fake quests of, like, getting su- super swords. There are, like, sticks and fighting on shields. There are, like, trash can lids and random things of wood it's all super super charming i really really loved it
0: (laughs) no that's great to hear yeah and this one was being published by uh playtonic the guys who made ukulele they're publishing games now um they also published uh demon turf earlier in the year so they've or last year excuse me so they've they've definitely got a knack for finding these very charming um kind of cutesy games and they all seem to be hitting pretty good. Yeah. I highly
2: recommend this one. It's just really fun and charming.
0: Yeah. Sounds, sounds like the perfect uh, palate cleanser in what is going to be very soon, a very busy season. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that just about wraps up our show. Thank you as always to all of our listeners. Uh, but before we close out for another week, let's all just quickly go through and talk about what we've been playing. Uh, Nicholas, let's start with you. I know we had... What, it's been a couple weeks now? I'm sure you had some time to get through either one big RPG or (laughs) a bunch of smaller (laughs) games. Um, I think
2: I've mostly been focusing on getting some of my backlog done. Um... Okay. So, (laughs) more smaller games than big RPGs, even though I had planned to play more Monster Stories, I kind of just got distracted in that regard. So what I've been playing has mostly been, um... I, I played a lot of Pit Cross, <laughs> so that was fun. But the main things I was Can't focusing on were um, finishing Snake Pass, which I started quite a while ago, and also really getting into Azure Striker Gunvolt for the first time and just playing that all the way through.
0: Oh wow! So you're going going way back. Snake Pass came out yeah. <laughs> at the towards the launch of the Switch. Yep right?
2: it's it was a very early um, eShop game that I had picked up. It's, it's a it's a solid little game, but I'd only played about halfway through it before getting distracted by other releases. And um, sure, Gunvolt was is originally a 3DS game, so right. I played like a, right. a few levels of it on 3DS, but never went much further with it. And I thought, you know what? I've been seeing, I think. I saw some things about Azure Striker Gunvolt 3 getting like a big epilogue update and it just made, made me think, man, I really should play that first game again <laughs> just to experience what it's like. Um, oh, so you've played some of the other ones but not the first one? Oh, um, no. I, I just had played a little bit of the first one and I'd seen some things from gotcha. the other ones but I'd never actually finished it. I'd only gone into like a few levels on 3DS uh, and so I picked up the game on Switch and I beat the first game on Switch and it was a nice little charming time. Um it's very much, I think, a Mega Man Zero type experience is what it kind of tries to emulate. And even if there's some kind of systems that I'm not super fond of, like the whole uh crafting mechanic or the whole challenges where you have to replay a a level over and over to get like special item rewards for crafting, the core of the game is really solid. Um it's got a fun it's got a fun gameplay loop. The story is actually kind of, you know, it's actually pretty tight. Uh, it's well-crafted, and I enjoy it, even if it is a little bit generic anime-y, but it's still fun, um, and I'm kind of looking forward to playing the other games now. I've picked up a few through the, uh, there was a New Year's sale that went live a few days ago at the time of recording this, yes. and I think it'll last for another another week or two, uh, and I picked up some of the it, games it through that. this week,
0: yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, so I picked yeah. up some, some more of the Gunvolt games through that, and I'm looking forward to trying them out soon. So,
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I've heard good things about those games. I, I've never gotten around to them, but they keep making them, so <laughs> <they must laughs> it makes a lot of people. I
2: mean, there's like yeah. three main lines, and I think uh, two character spinoffs, and then like two 8-bit
0: platformers. Yeah, like make kind of experiences. Yeah, yeah.
1: Those games. Yeah,
0: yeah no, that's cool. No, I'm I'm glad you got to get through some of those, those smaller games. I'm with you. I need that sometimes. Um, Dennis, what about you? What have you been playing?
1: Yeah, so um, I, I've been trying to be more focused with what I'm playing because I mean, obviously, with so much you know coming out, recently. obviously you want to you know try and play it all. But I, I've been trying to you know force myself into sticking with you know two, three, you know, four games max. You know, uh, but uh, but I main one anyways has been uh Final Fantasy 7 um inter remake integrate I I don't know it- it's it- it's a square enix name okay <laughs> that game okay new yeah. yeah. yeah, that one new yeah, final fantasy 7 new, new final fantasy 7 yeah exactly
2: super final <laughs> <No>. fantasy <VII>. 7
1: <laughs> which honestly I'd
0: much prefer that over the you know just, just random <laughs> word thrown in new super um,
2: final fantasy 7 you uh,
0: yeah what is an integrate, Dennis? Has the game explained it to it, you? It, it, do they ever? <laughs> do
1: they ever? They just kind yeah. of expect you to just accept it, and then we move
0: on. <laughs> that's that's what it is. It's like what what is a lie of a lie? Right. Like, what, what <laughs> <I'm> sure, yeah. <laughs> but uh,
1: uh. but yeah, no, I've been been playing that, um, and uh, you know, I I you know I, I always. It's nice that, you know, people, you know, for those that have waited, it was worth the wait, right? Because a year after the PlayStation exclusivity, that's when Intergrade came out, I believe, and then it got the whole next-gen updates and stuff like that. And, like, dude, Mm let me tell you something. I've been playing that in, uh, you know, 60 frames, and I know that was part of the big next-gen update because I guess the game was originally in 30 frames Um, because I'm playing on on PC. I should probably clarify See,
0: but,
1: okay, uh, okay, and uh, dude, like, I, I can't even imagine playing that in 30 frames just because, like, not because that game couldn't be in 30 frames, but dude, like, you know, once I put the 60 frames on because the game like defaults to 30 frames, but um, I went to the settings after like an hour and I was like, you know what, let me just play it in 60, dude, I, it's it's life changing, <laughs> it, it really is, <laughs> like, it's so good how like smooth it is, but that that game is really great i think they did a really great job in sort of bringing such a you know an old classic and making it uh, making it palatable to you know not just how more contemporary game design works but um you know making it appeal to a larger audience right rather than just like right let's be super faithful and just keep it 100 percent turn-based you know, to appease to those nostalgic fans, they kind of found, like, a happy balance. It is still sort of just press one button to attack crazy, but, you know, you can slow things down and, you know, choose your abilities, choose your spells, you know, unlock items, all with the click of another button, too. And it's really nice and seamless, and smooth how everything works. I mean, they really knocked it out of the park, and, like, man, like, you can see the big budget just coming through, like, every frame of that game. Like, oh my god, like, the cutscenes, It's a beautiful, just polished uh, game and I've been very, very happy with it. uh, You know, and this is coming off of, you know, I just finished Final Fantasy IX maybe three months ago. So, you know, 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 getting that nice sort of comfort food and then, you know, jumping into something so substantially different with, you know, the remake that is... It definitely shows you, you know, where we were and how far we've come, but also... How consistent games have been. because regardless of you know the old school mentality that Final Fantasy IX had and you know, the tech at the time and the limitations, how that game, how the core functionalities were in that game, compared to how they are in Final Fantasy 7 remake, you know they're both still fantastic games in the world, right? You know, so you know it's it's. I think that's the beauty about certain know games and film and books where it's just like dude if it's good you know and if it's timeless like it'll be great you know what I mean and it's you know yeah the mm -hmm. bones are good right right?
0: you can always make something interesting out of it exactly so yeah you know it's it's so funny that you were playing that game I was going to talk about some other games that I played over break I'll probably save them for later because I've also been playing Final Fantasy (laughs) 7 remake (laughs) integrate Um, t- totally out of coincidence, I-, I think I was inspired to pick it up because I was played Crisis Core yeah. recently, and yeah. I loved it. <laughs> and I was like, I, you know, that was part of the reason why I wanted to review that game is because that was kind of my intro to the Final Fantasy VII world. You know, I've, I've never played the original. Um, just kind of passed me by. And, uh, but I've, I wanted to play the remake, and I finally felt like I had a good foundation to kind of jump in. And I will say I'm glad I played Crisis Core before, because I do feel like the remake, based on what I know about like the original game and all that, um, the remake doesn't really. It, it it's very in depth, but it doesn't explain everything. And so having some of the background and the world building from Crisis Core, I think really helped me enjoy the experience a little bit more. Um, and yeah, Dennis, I totally agree with you. I mean. In terms of the combat, it really nails the... Being a real-time action game, but with a ton of strategy involved. You know, the fact that you can pause it at any time and issue commands... and You have to. You have to be bouncing between party members and taking control. I mean, there's just no way really to be successful without it. Unless you want to, you know take an hour to <laughs> defeat well, That's the thing, you know too, right? basic it's enemies like, yeah, you, you know i
1: mean your 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 core focus really especially if it's a bigger boss like at the start of it like okay i gotta stagger this thing as quick as possible because really nothing no progress is going to be made until that defense comes down <laughs> you know so and yeah you switch yeah party members but even that's done so seamlessly so so well
2: <laughs>
0: yeah I will say, um, I actually have been playing on the quality mode, which is locked to 30 frames on okay. the PS5, and it really hasn't been bothering me. You know, I think the trade-off for the visuals for a game like this, for me at least, is is totally worth it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I
1: mean, I don't think the game is although playable by any means, but you know, I mean, but uh, you know, something about the fluidity of yeah, it's
0: 30. a matter of taste. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once you go 60, <laughs> it, you never it, go back. Is... <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's what people say but it really depends on the game for me. I don't know. But um but what a privilege, right? To be able to choose your frame rate. <laughs> on the Switch you're, you're you get if you get 30 you're lucky. <laughs> you'll get
2: 540p30 yes. and you'll like it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um but yeah, I, I feel like, you know, this game has actually it, it's helped to me deepen my appreciation for Final fantasy a bit more. You know, I, I'm not a huge like Final Fantasy fan. I've played quite a few of them, but um, I haven't played like all the originals or anything. And I still think I'd have a hard time going back to like even these pixel remasters. I just, I don't know if I can do it nowadays. Um, But you know, when you've played multiple of them and you kind of see all these common themes being carried forward, and there's just something about a Final Fantasy game that just, it, it just, it has, it's got that feel to it. You know, it's got that. That bit of romanticism and its themes and it's, its you know, manages to be serious but heartfelt at the same time. So they're just, they're really special games. Um, I will say in terms of Switch stuff, just one game I want to highlight real quick that I think, this one came out of left field for me. Um, it's called Dusk. And uh, it's a first-person shooter that's a, uh, it, it leans hard on the retro angle. Like, this game is designed to look like you know, um, the original Doom and Quake and all that, you know, not not quite, like, all that old, but taking that kind of art style and stuff, and, yeah. um, man, I was really surprised with this game. I thought I was going to bounce off it pretty quick, but I ended up playing through most of it. Um, <laughs> it gets really hard, <laughs> um, as many of those older Doom-esque first-person shooters do, um, but it's it's a really good experience. It, it's super moody. The atmosphere is very well done. You're basically, you know, the, the premise of this game is you've been, like, kidnapped by this cult and you're in the process of escaping and you uncover this whole secret society of, I guess, you know, cultists that are summoning these demonic creatures and you're the big, you know, not the Doom guy, but basically the equivalent and... You're just blasting away hundreds of enemies, and um, it's also just like terrifying at times because like shit jumps out at you when you are not ready for it. Um, It's a really good game. I if you like first-person shooters and you don't mind that kind of older art style, I'd recommend it. Um, And on the Switch, it does have uh, the gyro aiming as well. So you love to see that from Indies. All right. Well, I think that just about wraps it up for this week. Um, Dennis, Nicholas, great to have you guys back after the holidays. Yeah, right. I'm Happy to be back.
1: Yeah. Happy
0: New Year, Yeah, it's going to be a great... Yeah, yeah. Happy New Year's to all of our listeners. It's going to be a, a great 2023. Lots of great games coming. Um, so we hope you will stick with us. Um, be sure to spread the word to your friends if you like our show. You know, we're going to... At least, you know, as, as your host, I'm going to try and keep the show fresh as we go through the year. I'm going to try, you know, keep things exciting, and certainly we'll have a lot of exciting games to talk about. So if you like the show, spread the word. Um, you can find us on all the major streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and we also have the video version on YouTube if you are already listening to us. Uh, Thank you so much, as always, for everyone's support. We'll be back at you next week with everything new and exciting in the world of Nintendo. See you guys later.